Welcome to the AfroTalent Accelerator podcast brought to you by Theofane Dima. Embark on an inspirational journey as we delve into the lives of Africa's foremost visionaries. Together, we'll explore the strategies, tactics, and mindsets that fuel businesses across the African continent. From funding techniques to investment insights, we're here to empower your entrepreneurial aspirations in Africa and beyond. Hello and welcome once more to a new episode of the Afro Talent Accelerator podcast. I'm your guy Theo and today I am honored to have on the show Mr. Abubakar Pukam Chawa. Mr. Abubakar Pukam Chawa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. I think it's a great privilege for me to to be here and share my thoughts. So I'm I'm really grateful. Thank you very much. The pleasure is ours as well. So Mr. Abubakapu Kamchawa, you started your entrepreneurial journey at a very young age. At the age of 19, you were bold enough to start a company you called VinoLead, which had the aim to improve customer experience in the retail sector in your home country, Cameroon. As a result, you decided to set up your expertise in the field of digitalization and fintech. And you currently work for GP Morgan Mobility Payment Systems KMBH in München, where you contribute in developing innovative digital payment solutions for the automotive industry. However, your strong belief of Africa and the African talent lets you to set up a life goal of improving the living conditions of people in Africa. You are currently on a new Afro project. I termed it the Afro project. And you call it the Cap platform, which has the aim to empower Cameroonian farmers to move beyond subsistence farming by providing quick access to finance while creating a social impact. Did I get it correct? Yeah, you're in the right direction. <laughs> That's it. What we are trying to do with AgriCap. So we are trying to give farmers this opportunity to have access to finance. We are we are seeing the, the beginning, but I think we, we really have um hope that it's going to be something. We hope that too, but we are going to get back to it a couple of minutes later. So the first aspect which I would like you to share with our audience today is to kind of walk us through who is actually Abubakar Pukamchawa for all our listeners, our audience who don't know you yet. You know, kind of walk us also through on your entire journey, being a graduate from Kumba in the southwest province of Cameroon into being a graduate of the University of Ingolstadt in the Bavaria region of Germany. Walk us through. Uh, I think one of the most important things to first of all know about me is my name. My name is Abubakar Pokam, which is a little bit confusing. Like people say, are you a Muslim or? <laughs> no, the basic thing is like I'm a Bamliki and also I'm a Bamun at the same time. So I, I got this okay. too. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to, to pop in a little bit there uh, for our listeners uh, who are not from Cameroon. You know, the Bamuns, they also come from the um, western region of Cameroon. They are kind of neighbors to the Bamilikis, the western part of Cameroon. Yeah, please go on. Yeah. So um, my story is just like most people. I, I spent more of, most of my childhood in one small village in um, Etam, which is um, located in the southwest region, Kupreman in Kuba Division. So um, my childhood, I think, was really characterized like more of farming, spending some two weeks most of the time in the farm with my parents and my stepfather, my mother and my stepfather. So um, after finishing secondary school, I moved on to Kaskumba, where I studied physics and chemistry. So when I, I finished with physics, I, I, I had an incredible opportunity to like travel to Germany, which I'm going to talk more as we, we keep on our conversation. So 
When I arrived in Germany, I didn't really start in English. That started first in um, um, Ilmenau, where I started with um, computer engineering because as a kid, I always liked to work with hardware and other stuff. But I, I came to, to the point where I felt that, okay, I need to make a difference in where I come from. And if I'm going to make a difference, I need to have both understanding of engineering and also how to convert this engineering to money. So that's why I had to move to like start studying English that where I really had the opportunity to like do many things and, and, and take part in many entrepreneurial projects. So I think that's actually the, the, the fundamental about me, some of the basic things about me, yeah. Yeah, great. It's a pleasure. So kind of tell us, do you actually think that your move to Germany was kind of a must? Would you have attained the success you have today if you have not uh, taken this move before? And please tell us, what actually did you like decide one day okay i'm traveling to germany you're looking out for a visa a university or you had a special offer from a company or a project which you were working on kind of walk us through a little bit on that my story of moving to germany i think it's quite really important because i think it's going to serve as an inspiration for please me. share please share with us yeah you know um growing up from south region in that small village where there was no school because i was among the first batches of my of my secondary school my parents didn't have this means because my father and about, I think somehow about 150 euros. So I never ever dreamed of ever leaving the country before. So after high school, I never knew what I would do. So it was like, I was supposed to maybe teach in Douala in those primary schools, have some money and try to write some concours and all those stuff. But I knew that maybe there's another way around. And I knew that there's someone in my family that had the means. Right then it was my uncle who was also an entrepreneur and he was the founder of Twimex. Um, so I worked in the holidays, 20,000 francs. I was working stones. And, and then when I met him, I said, Uncle, you can see this is what I have. Can you please support me so that I write some concours to go to Marwa? So my uncle looked at me and said, ah, I'm too young. I'm just 16. I'm going to Marwa alone. will not be the best for me. So I should maybe go to Yaoundé and start planning to go to Germany. And, and that, that's how my own story of going to Germany just began. And I arrived there. I knew that was my only chance. I never had anybody here, but I had to do everything by myself. And and finally, I came to Germany. So, um, so that means that actually, um, it means you actually had your high school uh, diploma at the age of 16 or 15, if I get it correct. Yeah, yeah, at, at, at 16. Respect. Yeah, Respect so that, that, that's, that was one of the good things that also like helped me because like many people were saying, okay, I'm a good guy. I can really move forward fast. So, yeah, and that's great. So it means <laughs> that because um, for the listeners to understand, you know, the average age to get GC advanced level, I mean, the high school certificate is around 19 and the guy got it at 16. So now you founded Bino Lead at the age of 19. Kind of walk us through from the time you got your advanced level 16 and to the age of 19, what actually happened? between and what prompted you to getting this envy of wanting to get into entrepreneurship? Later, I finished high school and I had this opportunity to travel to Germany. I had to first of all go through the language course. It took me about one and a half year to make it up to Germany. And when I arrived in Germany, like every young person that just finished school, the, the feeling is like you want to just go to school and have the doctorate quickly and just be that person that people can talk about. But sooner or later, I found out. If you want to work directly with the AfroTalent Accelerator team and receive personalized coaching or feedback on your investment project in Africa, don't hesitate to reach out to us today. Apply now on our website at AfroTalentAccelerator.com or send us a direct email at info at AfroTalentAccelerator.com. 
Join our community and be part of the movement driving Africa's entrepreneurial success stories. It was not for me. And, and I had this opportunity because someone taught me his secret of life, that one of his big secrets, of course, is my pastor. He taught me that Shout his secret of Shout out to your pastor. Please give us his name. Mr. <laughs> Dupendak Daniel is actually a doctor, one of the good doctors out of Cameroon have produced, but he's actually serving in a, a village community in Cameroon presently. Basically, he taught me that his secret of life was like reading books and, and, and yeah. So me, I started reading books and I found that, okay, I knew that in, in Menau, I knew that that was not really my place. So as I started reading books um, you know, on entrepreneurship and different things, and one thing I want to mention, up to the age of 18, I never knew that the word entrepreneurship exists. So it was then that I, I really came in contact with the word and I moved to Ingolstadt and started studying business and management, then courage to take a step after I read a book called um, MBA of Entrepreneurship. Yeah, it's actually like a collection of books. So that, that's actually the journey from the 16th to the 19th. So that means uh, actually at the end of this show, we will also want from you to give us some um, publications which uh, could actually empower our audience also in order to develop this mindset. And you actually got your mindset shift while reading books. And I really believe that for us, that also the essence of this platform, the AfriTalent Accelerator, is to empower the African, the young African community, the people listening to us today, to shift their cultural beliefs into also trying to get more knowledge in books, for example. So thank you for that. So Abubakar Pokanchawa, the company Bino Lead, which you created in 19, at the age of 19, made a sensation in Cameroon as it was an innovative startup which brought new possibilities in the serving of customers' needs. I just wanted you to, to walk us a little, bit, a little bit more through in the entire process of this journey, you know. You were one of the first companies back then to offer delivery services and online payments in Cameroon when you started this journey. And can you kind of tell us what actually brought you this idea, this shift of ideas? Is it your experience in Germany or it yes. was just... A personal experience share with us basically one of the things which i i as growing growing up as as kid i was always young in almost everything i was doing so most of the time the, the feeling was like people always want to like look down on me so even i have a phone that is bad i would go and give it for, for people to like fix it then i would just come to a particular leaf so i cannot do anything so i never look at it it was the same thing so i knew um there is actually a problem that needs to be fixed at that level and i said okay Many people don't want to go to Avenue Kennedy. Everybody when you hear that name is a fear. So I said, if we can start in the electronic sector, giving people the opportunity to buy things and they have about 14 days return, I think that's really going to make a very big difference of how people perceive um, business altogether. So that's why we, we really started Vinolid. And then we started Vinolid. We went for about two and a half years. During that time, we had the opportunity to serve about seven, seven um, towns there in Cameroon to we're delivering um, by sending the stuff with cars and then we're delivering at home. So I think it was really a great experience. I really learned so much. And yeah, and some of the people which we started, though we failed after two years, as I would call it, or we learned, some of them went out to also become really great people. And I think that that's actually the role of entrepreneurship, empowering one another. Of course, you termed it as a failure. Personally, I don't think it's a failure. I think you learned from this experience. And it also boils down to the next question. You know, you said you failed, you know, personally, I don't think so. And I want our listeners today to really, really take note of the fact that you always learn. Not being afraid to fail is also part of success in this entrepreneurial journey, you know. 
And most of our communities, most of the Africans, the young Africans today, they want everything to be done well at once yeah. before even starting. So I personally think you really should have this mindset of always being open to failure. And from our failure, we will always learn. But from this experience of being a lead, I mean, you run a company two and a half years. You served more than 5,000 customers. You created a new approach in an entire in an entire industry in the country. Can you kind of give us some concrete takeaways which you could share with the audience today? If someone out there is trying to start a business, is trying maybe to start a course, studying, whatever, as someone who has gone through a failure process, can you kind of share your thoughts on this? My thought, first of all, is like starting entrepreneurship. My my advice would be. It's preferable to start those things which are impossible to be done because you're really going to inspire many people with it. Because the issue is when you have a business model where which is not really innovative, you really have it difficult to have the good talent, especially in the beginning where you don't have the cash and, and many people don't even care about what you are doing. So my first advice is if you are going to do something, don't be afraid to take the risks. Even if you say you are going to build a next rocket for Mars, for Cameroon, I think it's quite really better than saying that you just want to sell granite on the street. Um, the, the, next, <laughs> the next point which I learned is like you need to get the right people you need to trust in your team. You need to trust in the people and believe that definitely um, they can get a job done because I believe a single person can never accomplish anything by himself. That's why one of my job at Agincap has always been to get the right people on board, which we have already been having in the past few months. I mean, two months, we already have about 10 people working on this project from different countries, um, three countries, two continents. So I think that that's actually the big the big thing which I learned from, from my journey in um so you're basically saying, um, just for the listeners to understand more, you're basically saying um, before starting into an entrepreneurial journey, people should more focus on creating value. Exactly. That's great. Yeah. That's also actually um, the vision and the message we are trying to empower on this platform. Value creating before thinking of any profit, because when you bring in something which will help the community, help people, a product which is innovative, if it brings value to the people, then of course... Exactly. So it's just like the course, I was reading a course yesterday for my master program on uh, entrepreneurial growth and financing. There is this crazy definition of entrepreneurship, but which I think is quite correct. It says an entrepreneur is someone that takes opportunity without thinking of the resources that he owns or not. So he does not regard these resources. So I think for, for us young Africans, especially the big complaint is like, we don't have rich parents. We don't come from rich community. We don't have a good political environment and all those stuff. But I think for a, for a true entrepreneur, it's really when there is that problem that we are we really sure serve. So I think we have to take these things to our advantage, not really as a, a way to like st stop us from moving. Yeah, that's totally, totally correct. I mean, I totally agree. But from this ex entire experience, are there any regrets from your side? Do you think if you have gotten the knowledge you have today and the possibilities you have today, are there things which you would have probably done differently? Okay, I think first of all, the issue is my first thing which I regret is there is this saying that don't just follow the trend, you know. Um, most Africans come to, to Europe, the, the, the key is always to like study engineering and, and get a good job. So I'm not against that. I think getting a good job is really good. Everybody has a different ways of looking at life. So, but I think that I would have maybe not followed that path in the beginning. I would have really just come and start studying engineering and management. And then studying English, not in German, because there is this feeling that if you don't study in German, um, 
things are not going to advance, which I don't think is true. So I think I will have focused on my studies, maybe finish my bachelor in the, in the space of two, two years, two and a half years. Then I think I will have gotten so much time to like focus to do entrepreneurship and end salary at the same time. So I think that's the first the first um, big regret I really have. So yeah, so I think then um, the next one is that I never started reading early. It's only at the age of 18, which I started. So if I have started maybe at 10, 9, I think um, things will have been really different. This uh, last point of you talking about being not having to start early reading, I think it's a cultural aspect. And that's what I'm personally, that's my personal goal to fight against. You know, we in our culture, have that's my experience, we are not very, very brought up in this way to think about reading, getting knowledge from books, and especially with the advent of social media and internet, it's kind of a little bit more difficult now to get a kid concentrated on a piece of paper, you know? I mean, I feel you, I understand you, and I mean, this is also the reason why we are here today, to share our stories, and I hope really that the audience today will be able to get this valuable piece of advice from your journey. So, Mr. Abubakar Pukamchawa, I just have a question for you. So, tell me, do you actually think that a young African in Africa today, does he have the same chances as you who has made it into Europe, into Germany? Do you actually believe that if you had been in Africa, you know, with the same academic formation which you have today, would you have also had this mindset? This question is really like somehow tricky because um there are so many components that play in the game because, you know, it would be difficult to say someone in Africa cannot succeed because um we already have great cases there where we see people who have succeeded in Africa. Now, saying that Europe is a paradise is a lie because um we know that um many of the people that come to Europe are not successful as what we see in the social media. So, and my feeling... If you want to work directly with the AfroTalent Accelerator team and receive personalized coaching or feedback on your investment project in Africa, don't hesitate to reach out to us today. Apply now on our website at afrotalentaccelerator.com or send us a direct email at info at afrotalentaccelerator.com. Join our community and be part of the movement driving Africa's entrepreneurial success stories. This is like people should not feel that, okay, the schools in Europe are really that best than what we have in Africa. It's true in some way, but not always. Um, Even for my, my bachelor, it's not like if I was going to school 90% of the time, I had to study at home without even putting my foot in school. So it, I think the, the, my, big, my big thing which I've learned is like for us as African, our big win will be our opportunity to, to become the type of people that can study by themselves not depending on an environment and i think that um if someone lives in africa and he tries to be like someone who is like researching information by himself i think he can really go really far than what we see today because of the internet people can work from africa and even earn the same salary that we have here and then um with youtube you can also learn just as i did and you can also read the book like me so i think that being in africa can also really lead to great success i'll not call myself success from so seeing the way and i believe that true success is about impacting the community so and i think that being in africa you have this opportunity more than someone who is in Europe. And my big advantage also of being in Europe was just I got the big picture of it, things looking the world from different directions, understanding that Europeans are not always, not all Europeans are going to school. That's what we think. School is not bad. School is really good, but it's not the only way around to succeed in life. Um, then um, it also gave me access to connectivity, which I, I, I didn't have in Africa in my village. So I think that that's a big advantage which I had in Europe. But of course, I know that my true success is in Cameroon. That's why I always tell people I see myself in the next five years back in my country. So that does it for my side. Yeah. That's great. And we really wish you the best. We really wish you that you always bring more value. And when going back to Cameroon, the 
Um, goal is also not to just come back with back full of degrees, but to yeah. come with innovative ideas, which will be able to impact the community around, bring more value. And this brings me to your current project, AgriCap, which we talked about. You want to empower farmers with some, I will say, basic tools. You know, what people hear for them, it's kind of a normal situation, but you want to give these same opportunities to farmers back there in Cameroon and why not in the entire Africa. So kind of walk us through, tell us, where is the project uh, now? Um, what is the state of the art? Are you out looking for investors? Kind of walk us through. Yeah. So uh, basically, I would just like try to talk first about how we came to the idea of Agincap. So the, the, the basic idea of Agincap came out of my thesis. So I, I was like thinking that, and what can I do for my thesis? And I just sat down, I thought, okay, the farmers in Africa, they are responsible of 80% of the food that we eat. So, and most of them are going through financial issues because I myself, I was part of a family where we never had access to money. And at the age of, I think at the age of 12, I almost had an illness because I was transferring cocoa, too much of cocoa on my bag. My father could not afford that. So I, I, I thought that if we could solve this problem in one way or another, I think it would be really good, not only for us, but also for a generation to come. So I started researching on, on, on alternative source of finance for, for, uh, for Cameroon in general. I had to go to Cameroon, interview many people here, and then um, submitted the work. I never really feel like converting into a startup because, you know, at a certain point of life, you don't want to keep risking so much entrepreneurship. Of course, it's a risk. I wanted to like have a safe job for some time before coming back, but I got so much of feedback from my professor in the university that this is a good project. We can do it. We can invest in it. Or also people which I talk with encourage me in the, in, the, in the process. So I said, okay, why not give it a try? I talked to some few people. We deposited a document with Microsoft who accepted us to give us um, access to different tools that we can use for free and develop our pro project. So the basic idea of Agincap is to use um, different sorts of data, like satellite technology and then soil testing. Then we try to perform some form of KYC, then put farmers in group in Cameroon, then onboard them on a platform, which we believe that the Africans or the Cameroonians in, in general have a, a thought for the farmers. They can invest in these farmers. So that's basically what we want to like do with our platform, give everyone the opportunity to contribute back into the community and then use alternative data to make sure that farmers can have access to finance. So that's, that, that's, that's actually it. Level where we are, we are still really in the beginning. We've gotten our five developers working on the project. And then um, for financing, we have said we want to first bootstrap with what we have and then try to make ourselves fundable. You know, there's this saying that many women want to get married. They don't want to know if they are married. So we want to be fundable. <laughs> great, great. <laughs> so that, that, that's where we are currently. So great. we... Yeah, working our way up and, and trying to talk about our solution to many people. We plan to also be in the challenge Cameroon next month, meet our fellow Cameroonians and present our product to them. Yeah. yeah, that's great. I mean, we, we the Afro-Talent Accelerator community, we wish you really on this project the very best because it's a valuable project and it's going to bring a lot of value, not only to the farmers in Africa. Personally, I believe it could bring value to farmers all over the world. Why not? Especially in developing countries, countries where uh, farmers don't have access to to finance and this you are bringing it to them so thank you for that so mr abubakar 
Mukamchawa, if there is a piece of advice you will probably give to a young African out there who is trying to, you know, be like you, who is trying to start up uh, such a project, who is trying to, you know, professional career, trying to get a promotion at the yeah. top place, what piece of advice would you actually give this person? My first advice would be first for the person to understand who we are as African. I think Africa altogether is a blessed, it's a blessed continent. It's, it's really rare to see people that live from, from the history of slavery to the history of um, directing companies. And it's difficult to see kids that live at the age of 18 that don't know about entrepreneurship or have never touched a computer before, but can go to big university, graduate and have good grades and really having like showing yourself in the world. So I think that's actually a blessing for us as African, which we first of all need, need to accept this. Then I think um, next thing as African, what we will need to do is really work on our self-image because the problem we face in Africa, we have a talent, but yeah. we don't have a good image about ourselves. So I think that's one of the core things which an African should be focused on working on, trying to understand who he is as an African, what is his goal in the society as an African. And I think it's preferable to be prepared for an opportunity that, and, and don't have fun than to have fun and not be prepared. As we see, like today, we talk so much about the instabilities in the country, the economy and other stuff. I think the, big, the biggest thing which we can do is to prepare ourselves better. And the other part of the, the, the game, which I really want to really set my focus on is to talk about the young African who are coming to Europe. For me, it should not be that we are going through a second wave of slavery where people will be attracted by money and they'll be taken into captivity. So... I think we coming here, we should take this opportunity to look the world from, from different perspectives, gain understanding, see the way take the technologies here, especially in the university, take part in entrepreneurial programs, because I think we can really learn much from those from those areas and then try to see if we can give back to the community because um, nobody else is going to fix our community except us. Yeah, I mean, that's really, really powerful. You actually kind of, I'm, I'm kind of aligning myself 100% to what you're saying. And I really can resonate with what you're saying because, you know, um, we have this tendency to always come here and we forget about where we come from. And most people, what is actually sad is that most people or most young Africans who actually come here to the diaspora, we come here maybe uh, averagely at the age of, you know, from 18 to 22 to start studies. And most people, they get lost in the process because they haven't had a strong identity bond and they are not accepted and it creates kind of you know disorder into the identity of this person and personally i really believe that giving back to the community is the most essential aspect of who we are and why we are here you know you and i making it into uh, the western world yeah. into germany for our cases not every young african you know coming from yeah. these modest backgrounds have this opportunity so we who right. have this opportunity we should make use of it in a kind of profitable way and bring value to the entire african community thank you very much mr Bubaka, uh, Pukam Chawa. and do you have some routines which actually make you that productive you think you have some kind of you know rituals which you do like on a daily basis? I don't think I really have a routine. I really want to have one, but I think most of us usually go through this problem of not most of us. I personally go through it. Like you have this this fixed plan that you can meet up with it. But I think my biggest my biggest um ritual or my biggest um routine in life is I always focus myself on what I have to accomplish. Like um I'm seeing myself in the next one month I'm going to start a full time job in Camelot, so I'm going to pick up this full time job. And I'm going to run an entrepreneurship business. So my life is like waking up, waking up at eight o'clock, then um, doing what I have to do, then sleeping and then 
doing what I have to do. I, I don't have to know anything else than to do what I have to do. So um, <laughs> get so the job done. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's what I do with my life. Most people have many other things, which I think is really good, but I have to focus on what I think is better for me. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's great. For me, I just want to kind of share a little bit. Me, I'm more like, you know, driven with the fitness industry. I also yeah. have it as a side hustle, as a yeah. fitness trainer. And for me, every day before I start my day, I have to start with a workout. It helps me refresh my mind, refresh myself. And in the, in the evening, I try to read something. It could be yeah. a piece of a book. It could be a paragraph, something productive, you know. And then uh, from there, I just try to keep my neurons, you know, working. I, I really want to do fitness. I was just that I, I, I pay the fee, but I don't go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> come over, come over. We're going to reach that. Come over. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, during uh, the entire uh, conversation today, you talked about the fact that um, your entrepreneurial mindset was kind of poised uh, through you starting to read books. Is there any book, is there any uh, publication which you think you could share with um, the audience today in order to empower their mindsets? Because I really believe that Africa has a mindset problem. You know, Africans, yeah. young Africans. And at the end of the day, also maybe a book which could help, you know, in an entrepreneurial uh, or academic, any publication which you think you could be, it could be useful for our audience today. Yeah, I think um, the first book I'll call, it, it'll be really shocking, but it will be it. Um, the first one will be a Bible. For me, it's actually it because um, the Bible says that let them have dominion. I think so. Our main focus on this earth is to see that we dominate um, not on people, but on the things, on our challenges and on different things. So I think okay. that's my first, my first um, recommendation, especially when it comes to about learning about love. When you look at the first Corinthian, uh, the book of the first Corinthian 13, they found that we really need love if we are going to work one another. So that's actually my first, my first read. And the second one, which I really advise, is really something you can read in for us. It's called the, um, the five um, major piece of um, the puzzle of life. So um, of life puzzles. So it's actually a book from Jim Rohn that focused on um, getting your philosophy right, getting your attitude right, getting your action right, and then analyzing your result and working on your lifestyle. Then the last one will be my small one. It's actually, was actually a pastor and also a government consultant. I think the title is The Leadership Spirit. Most of us have this the leadership spirit, we have the leadership spirit, but what we need is a spirit of leadership. So right. I think that book really helped me because, you know, we can never go beyond our lead. And, and I think it's really helped me because going out from the society, I had so many things against me. This book really helped me understand that as a leader, I don't need a follower. I, what I just need is to see that I serve the people. So I think that that's actually one of the books which have really helped me on my way. And I'm going to really advise it to everyone as well. <laughs> oh, great. I mean, that's really, really powerful. Uh, we are going to link each and every publication in the show notes for the audience to have a quick access and to gain more value. So the last question before we part, um, where can people go to know more about you, your current project, AgriCup, for example, to connect with you? Is there a platform? Is there a website where you think people can directly follow your entrepreneurial journey and also kind of connect with you? Yeah, I think um, my LinkedIn is always open. And I think that's some of the platform which I'll be working so much on in the coming months. 
and I'm also not only willing for people to follow me, I'm also willing to follow back. So everyone is welcome for us to keep on sharing. I think um, we are more powerful if we work together. So we should favor collaboration of our competition. Yeah. Great, great. Thank you very much, Mr. Abubakar Pokamchawa. Community work, Africa, those are the last words. And I would like to thank you again enormously for all the insights, for all the value which you have shared on the Afro Talent Accelerator platform. Our community is thankful for your success. We wish you really the best. This is actually the spirit we want to empower to the young African generation. And on this note, we'll say thank you very much again, Mr. Abubakapu Kamchawa. We wish you the best. And we wish that next time we talk, we have you on the show. Uh, AgriCap has gotten maybe a 10 million finance somewhere, you know, <laughs> of course, why not? So that was it. That was it for today. Um, stay tuned for the next episode and we'll see. Yeah, that was it. Thank you very much and bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the AfroTalent Accelerator podcast. Don't miss out on our upcoming episodes where we continue to bring you inspiring stories and actionable insights from the forefront of African entrepreneurship. Subscribe now to our show to stay updated on the latest and be sure to reach out to the AfroTalent Accelerator team to share your thoughts, suggestions and collaboration ideas. 